morning and welcome to Downloadable Coffee Dallas. I'm your host, Rebecca, and joining me today is... Trey. (laughs) Welcome. And this podcast where we discuss what's happening in the DFW area and beyond, as well as take a look back at the topics that took over our club, Video Game Open Coffee Club, last week. Welcome back, Trey. Yay! Glad to be back. I've been so insanely busy, I haven't been able to participate. But I'm glad that the show has carried on uh, oh, yeah. without, without my charm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, everybody seems pretty busy. Daniel Shea, he is working on that that game jam. Him and a couple other members are, are working on it, and it looks pretty exciting. If you guys don't know, Society of Play put on a month-long game jam. It's going to be ending next week. They just updated their their notice because of weather being bad here in Texas. One game in particular had caught my interest and that is a Mario Kart like game that, and some of the developers were requesting people around the area. If you have a character you would like to add, let them know. You can go over to Twitter, DM society of play and let them know you're interested and they'll give you the contact information of who it is you need so that you can get your character in a Mario Kart-like game. Very cool. I think that's a really, really cool idea, especially on a jam, because uh, like a lot of times you spend so much time working on your thing, you don't like get to communicate with other groups. And so it's pretty neat that, that someone's really trying to involve everybody in the yeah. community to do, a, to do a really cool project. So yeah, go take advantage of that. And you know, any press is good press. So if your character, <laughs> you want to get your character in something that's going to get seen, go go for it. I don't know about any <laughs> press is good press. There's a couple of devs that might be like, I don't know about that. I might have lost my job because of a tweet. Not me, but like. <laughs> right, right. Well, well, you know, advertising press, not not open in your mouth press. There's, <laughs> there's a difference. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm super excited. I, again, that it's going to be Monday. It's going to be at Node Corking, and that's at 7, 7 p.m., 7 p.m., 7.30 p.m. Uh, and again, there's going to be tons of it. And those games are later, I believe, either they're going to be available for download or they're going to, going to be playable on Society of Play's cabinet. I don't know if you got to see the arcade cabinet one of the, one of the organizers created. I did not. I've been out of the loop i wish i was i wish i were in dallas because i would be insanely involved in this but no i i have not been able to keep up with with the goings on it's about it's about (laughs) like two or three years old at this point longer maybe four years old at this point again built by one of the creators actually we had him on russell russell we had him on Mm -hmm. sickhead games which is the company that he runs their company does a lot of ports and then of course um, society of play all right so uh, we're kind of not talking about past events or upcoming events and the only reason why is because we've been uh, again <laughs> michael just got uh, michael's game just was announced borderlands 3 is coming out so congratulations to gearbox they've been awesome in allowing us to use some of this space out of their out of their building <laughs> nerdvana being one of the coffee shops that they own and they allowed us to use their booth for a while. So congrats to them. That means we're not going to see Michael for a little bit because they're in the middle of a sprint trying mm-hmm. to get 
ready for E3 and a couple of other things that they have planned. So I'm super happy for him. Again, Daniel's doing his thing. And David, he's been swamped because he's just been an awesome web developer and people are just giving him everything. So it's great for him. <laughs> and you've got your job. Oh, God, yeah. I've been doing, I've been pulling the burn of the candle at both ends, as they say. So, yeah, yeah no one's no one's been too involved in anything aside from work lately. And we are kind of reaching a dead part in our... Um, in in kind of like between it feels like between what is it like it, the end of april and the beginning of the june of beginning of the june beginning of june is kind of the dead month for news because everybody's just getting ready for e3 yeah. which is of course towards the beginning or middle of of june <laughs> yeah con- conference season just takes up everything in the game community it's just all about conference all about announces all about you know, press. So uh, nothing to really go to except the things that you already know to go to and watch news from. Right, right. So everybody's been pretty heads down on just trying to trying to get their stuff done in time in preparation for a lot of this. So unfortunately, we don't have anything to say about anything that is upcoming uh, or like what you can go to other than just keep your eyes out. And hopefully we'll start having that stuff pour into our Discord, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook, all VGOCC. Yep. Okay, so then why don't we go ahead and hop into what topics took over. Recap. 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 So the main topic that has been dominating for pretty much both these last two podcasts, but definitely the last four club meetings, crunch time. This article comes straight out of Polygon. It's focusing specifically on one particular company that has been reported to have over 100-hour work weeks. Again, uh, or This article is PC Game. PC game, but I read off of the Polygon one, and it essentially, it's Epic Games, which is kind of sad from what I know. Um, I've had some people, some friends who worked at Epic prior to Fortnite. In the beginning, a lot of the reasons why they decided to go work at Fortnite is, or Fortnite, <laughs> work at Epic Games. <laughs> it's interchangeable <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons why they decided to go work at Epic Games is because it was one of the studios that had limited crunch. What I mean by that is they had they would plan their projects out so well they wouldn't really have to go into crunch time. The only reasons why they would is if they absolutely needed to get something done. But for the most part, they had it down to a science. Fast forward to Fortnite, its success almost overnight, and it's changed entirely. Um, and kind of what I put here in the way that this article read is that if a game, okay, hold on, someone's messaging me. Uh, if a game, uh, when you start treating your company like it's a machine, uh, you inevitably start treating some of your employees like they're cogs. And in the articles that have come out, it's very apparent that that's sort of what happened at Epic Games here. It went from everybody, you can work and have great bonuses to 
now we kind of expect you to be working this. And it went from everything from internal to external workforce. Um, contractors were also working 100-hour work weeks as well. And for those that didn't keep up, they got cut out. So when you, when you start making a machine, it will inevitably start breaking down. And for a lot of people in management, they usually think on that as, well, you just replaced a broken part. It's not really how, and we've said it time and time again, that's not the best way to run things. I like to look at companies as a living organism. It's something that needs to be taken care of. Everybody has their place. Everybody does has to, has to run in a certain way, you know? And if one part is a disease, <laughs> you figure out how to cure it. You don't just fucking cut it out and throw it away. You can duck quack that. <laughs> I'm going to have to. I was go I was so hoping that I have to edit anything, and you just ruined it. Quack. <laughs> 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 Take that specific. <laughs> just drop it over there. I'm just going to start quack quacking, tell you to watch your quacking mouth. <laughs> just start quacking myself, and then I don't have to edit anything if I just <laughs> insert quacks. <laughs> So it's unfortunate, but I mean, with our meteoratic rise in just everything from starting Steam, from Fortnite to upgrading Unreal, um, just all of that, they they just their business exploded, and it doesn't sound to me like they've like they're handling their growth well. Well, and it's probably, I mean, you and I both know either from freelancing or running your own place that it is a complicated thing to run a business. And and scaling is an important part of that business once you've gotten your foundation. And they scaled very quickly <laughs> because, yeah, they went from being, you know, the makers of Unreal and a bunch of other games that are, uh, it, things that are important to the community, but just immediately, oh, we have a billion dollar game we have to support now with 20 umpteen billion players all the time. We have to keep up with content. We have to keep up with all this stuff. What do we do? Well, I guess we just run everybody into the ground. And if you can't keep up, you're right. You know, you're like a piece of machinery. I think that there's probably success to be found in the middle ground because you've got, I mean, you, you have to do things to keep your product viable, right? And the company mm -hmm. has to make money or no one has a job. And mm -hmm. if the company doesn't survive, well, then there's, again, there's nothing for anybody to be involved in, but a hundred hour work weeks. I mean, let's just be honest. If you work on Saturday, if you work Monday through Saturday, that's essentially 16 hour days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, plus eight hours of sleep. This, there you go. 24 hours. So I hope you got to eat on the clock. Hope you got to bathe on the clock. Hope you got to enough hours of sleep. Hope you, you know, hope your dog didn't crap in your house. Like it's, it's, it's a lot. So yeah. yeah it's, you know, sometimes you have to work extra, but that's that's too much. And there needs to, you know, you got to figure out a way to keep your employees happy if you're going to have a successful company. And I want to point out one more line in here, and then we'll kind of move off to the next topic. Um, but this line, it seems to be any company that gets caught in crunch and then has an article written about it and has a huge outcry. Always say, always say, we don't force them to work those hours. They're not expected to work 100-hour work weeks. But there's so much pressure. Uh, it's peer pressure, mostly from mm -hmm. management, that makes you feel as if you need to. And now, or else. It, yeah, or else. I wanted to say it's sort of like Stockholm Syndrome, but that's not mm -hmm. the right way to say it. But it, it, it's, it's kind of this idea that 
that has perpetuated or or just like infected the entirety of the industry that it feels like where if you want to be a game maker it's always going to require crunch and that's just not a great way of thinking right yeah and, it, and it's not you don't want to give the the idea for anybody coming into the industry that it has to be that way right. um and i don't want to take quite the devil's advocate stand but it's not like this is something new and it's not like this is something that doesn't happen in seriously almost every other major industry every other job i mean when there's a new product coming down the pipeline guess what the a couple of months before the end everyone's working extra people are working overtime to get everything right in time for release it's just because we're in this community and we pay attention and it's been quite the hot topic you are seeing it everywhere as a topic to discuss and it's bad i'm not endorsing it mm -hmm. um but we're acting like it's this brand new this new cancer that if we don't fix it immediately, then the entire game games industry is going straight to hell and nobody's going to have a successful career. And everyone's going to hate life. And eh. I mean, I'm not the guy working a hundred hours, so it's easy for me to say, but I, I think that, I think that there is a solution and I think people will find a solution, especially as it continues to get a lot of press. So, you know, all right, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> You're right. I just have somebody buzzing me on all channels now. <laughs> so, well, it's good to be popular. It's good. <laughs> uh, I'm nervous. All righty. So let's move on to a more a little bit fun, to uh, more fun topic <clears throat> to get into. I know a lot of our listeners, a lot of our members, just love Super Smash Brothers, including the newest title, Ultimate. <laughs> so I learned. And this comes from Nintendo. I learned over over the time was it the weekend? No, over the last week. Um, one of the things that happened recently is the new character, probably the first downloadable character, Joker, was released. Promptly afterwards, the servers crashed because too many people tried to download. <laughs> yeah, it, it it happened when the game first came out as a pre order bonus. You got uh, a, a character. And so, like, of course, me and everybody else, we go home and put the thing in and try to go download it. Turns out, one, the character wasn't even available for download yet. You just had to claim it. So you could download it later. Well, so, like, just trying to claim it, it was impossible. You, like, you couldn't get on the game to even do that much. Um, it was impossible to reach. So it took, like, a week for us to get our code claimed. And then when it came to download the update, same problem. It was impossible to download the update because it was so busy. So it's good they have a great product like that and that every time they update something, everyone runs off to get it and, you know, crashes their servers. I'm sure they're very happy about their internal infrastructure stability on download day. So, right. I recommend playing it, though, if you enjoy playing with your friends on, online. I cannot recommend how they have done their multiplayer. <laughs> um, I, I really can't. Like, it's it's frustrating, uh, which is probably a topic for another another day. But me and the people that I play with, we have lots of complaints about how they've changed it. Um, the current multiplayer platform um, it has a lot of frustrations to it. But good for them, and I hope everyone playing is is enjoying it. Get on the Discord and share your gamer code, and I come with you at Smash Brothers too. So. <laughs> Ooh, gauntlet challenge. Yeah, ask Shay. Ask Shay how it went for him. <laughs> I did see some of So uh, Smash Brothers also has a, create, a stage creation mode. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some really interesting SpongeBob ones. Oh, that, I'm glad that's what you saw instead of what the controversy was about. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't seen the controversy, but I do know that, and I, I haven't seen any article floating around in our Discord, so I need to find an actual article on it. But Maybe I I'll do post know, one for next time. <laughs> yeah, I do know that Nintendo, after the, it's really after the whole whatever controversy it is has made some changes and was deleting some of the platforms <laughs> that were made. So yes, I'm going to guess happened. some of them got a little risque. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on, we have Sony has officially rele uh, released information on their next-gen console, the PlayStation 5. Um, I'm not going to get into the full article, but it is on Wired.com. And it's called Exclusive, What to Expect from Sony's Next-Gen PlayStation. And some of the things to look forward to are backwards compatibility, still using physical media, so the disc isn't going to go. On, like, Xbox's newest console, which, no, which, can we just take a second real quick? Have you heard what Xbox's newest console is kind of the acronyms are? I was on the episode where we discussed it with Michael, and I already like have forgotten because I won't be buying an Xbox, so I don't, I don't know. It's like Xbone. No, Xbone is the no. current one, right? So okay. what's the Xbox new one? Is the current one. Yeah. Uh, no, this is what was it? Xbox Sad. Yeah, Sad. yeah. Software something. Yes, and, uh, and I agree. It's sad. Uh, <laughs> well, it, like you had a full team of marketers. It's, it's Microsoft. You know they're going to have at least one giant department of marketers, and that made it through. <laughs> and they didn't learn from X-Bone. Like, they didn't learn <laughs> from before. Uh, wasn't uh, one also, like, Xbox X? Like, Xbox, but, like, it's just, like, Xbox X. <laughs> I don't know. It's like they need to use the Sony, like, name change service that just came out, and they need to take the Xs off their names. Like, it's terrible. Xbox sad. Mm. I'm, sa I'm sad. <laughs> it's so terrible. Yeah, uh, Sony's PlayStation 5 will also have 8-core AMD processors. So this is more for our, guy, for our people that really like to know the more technical si sides of the platforms they're going to be playing on. And one thing to note here, and this kind of got a side eye from a lot of people, it's going to support up to 8K resolution. We can barely handle 4K. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think like praying mantises see in 8K, so so I'm pretty sure humans aren't really worried about. I think we might be tapped out on our max visual resolution at the moment. TVs look better than real life sometimes now, so yeah. I don't know. I will say that the uh, the solid state hard drive is a really big deal. I, I think that's really good as a default because you used to on PS4 you had to go buy your own. And so having having one come default is a big deal now. And backwards compatibility is a big deal because everyone was really scared they were going to lose that. Um, and uh, I think that that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing is the hard drive is really nice. Right. Um, and then it also is going to have SSD and more storage. Okay. And then ray tracing. Yeah, we'll see about the ray tracing thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> We'll see on that. Okay, moving on. So, Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order, that came out, or that the first trailer has come out. It's going to be a single player game. It's done by Respawn. 
And I just learned recently one of one of the writers that I that I've gotten to know personally for a little while. Uh, he wrote on the he wrote on it. I'm not going to mention who it is, um, but I'm super excited for him. So congratulations to him specifically <laughs> for being awesome, um, and congratulations to the rest of Respawn team too. Uh, why why this was brought up is a single player game. A couple of what was it? Almost two years ago, two maybe three years ago. Uh, there was another single-player game that was on the rumor mill before it was canceled by EA. And the one heading that up was <clears throat> Amy Hennings. So Eurogamer.net, I think, got in contact with Amy Hennings. And the title says, Amy Hennings reacts to Jedi Fallen Order, announces, reveals more of canceled singer. Oh, that makes no sense. So pretty much... What happened here is she reacts to the Jedi Fallen Order announcement and reveals more about what game she would have done if it hadn't been canceled. And from the sounds of the article, it was pretty much kind of like Drake Uncharted or Spider-Man PS4 in space. <laughs> yeah, I think some of the controversy came from, and I could be wrong about this, so you know, connect with us on social media and leave comments and tell me I'm an idiot. But uh, I think that the controversy was that she was supposed to be in charge of developing a single-player game, and then Respawn was also working on a multiplayer game separately. Um, and then they canned hers, and unbeknownst to anyone else, turned the other one into a single-player-only game, which is cool. I like single-player games, and I like Star Wars, and um, I love Respawn. I think they make great stuff. Uh, but it's sad that you know they kind of like. It seems like they pulled the rug out from under one of the most popular and qualified single player game authors of, of the generation. Um, yeah. and it, 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 and especially in light of respawn having such recent multiplayer success, it, it kind of seems like a weird controversial move. So what I've heard, I didn't play Titanfall two, but from what I heard from a lot of <clears> our, <throat> our members that really liked the game, Titanfall two had probably one of the best single player games or single-player story modes that you could have in a game. It was very good. Yeah. So that's why a lot of our members are kind of excited to see how mm -hmm. Respawn is really going to do this. And, and yeah, it, it'll be interesting. The thing that I heard about the game actually came more from a different angle in that it's, it's again, another game with a white male protagonist and people are just kind of like exhausted on it and really want to see some sort of diversity in the star wars universe that you can play like you can play your avatar show some diversity in the avatars um but yeah. <laughs> that's kind of you know um, yeah some of our super super they don't have a name, but some of our super Star Wars fans was pointing out that a lot of characters within the Star Wars um, franchise in general are all linked to one another in some sort of way. And a lot of the main characters, which are all white, are usually related to each other in some sort of way. So I'll leave that yeah. where it stands. <laughs> yeah, it just depends on the game. There's There have been so many, like all the old Republic games and the Jedi Academy, you're I'm super nerd. Whatever, I can talk about Star Wars all day. I got you covered. But the Jedi Academy games, your your avatar creation system, there it was very, uh, very, very, very diverse. I will say that they're, as far as I can recall, very correct that any single player game has been a uh, a white male. But in in every other game, I mean, 
it's hard to ask for more diversity because you're playing like creatures that don't technically exist. <laughs> so you get a lot of that and you get a lot of the skin tone changes and gender changes and everything else that come with your own character creation stuff. So Right, but that's um, for character creation. Yeah. This is this is this is a character that was designed for you to take over. Like if you mm-hmm. wanna I'm gonna go really weird with this. But you can really look at if you as a as a writer. Sometimes when you're developing a character, you can also think about it as creating a character in which the people can act through, right? Um, right. And so when you're when you it's when you have a thing that's all centered around one particular character. I don't know about the other games. I'm not a Star Wars fans, but when you have a character, when you have a game that's centered around one particular character, and you've given them this very rich storyline, mm-hmm. but they're white. Like, that's kind of what bothers people. They want a story, or they, whoever, people, want a story that features um, somebody of ethnic background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. political correct over here. But that, that's, that's what I'm seeing, and that's what the chief complaint is. And, and one that doesn't borrow so much from stereotypes like you would see in other, other franchises, you know? Right. No, I, I, I get it. I guess I get it to a degree. I just about the purpose of the complaint um, in the case of do you want to play the story that was built around this character or do you want to which in that case then it shouldn't matter if you want to have the experience of living the story like if that's your goal, then yes, absolutely. You want to have an avatar that you can immerse and be related to. So I guess to me, because I grew up on like point and click adventure games, you know, Um, and so to me, it was always just, I just want to get the story, period. Mm -hmm. And if that's your goal, then that's this this character story. But if immersion is your goal, then yes, then there should be some kind of um, some way for everyone to be able to be immersed in a sense of realistic immersion as opposed to someone who will never relate to or get a sense of immersion from being the, the single white guy, then then yes, then that option should be available for them. If again, but, that is your goal. Yeah, uh, uh, just one more point before, it's just kind of my own personal things. I don't know about for you, but I definitely know for myself, and this is kind of maybe getting a little too TMI, I cannot connect with heterosexual um, romance stories. Me, personally, I cannot. Right. It's just because of my lifestyle. <laughs> it's just because of my lifestyle. And so whenever we come across, like, even in games, when they start doing some really romantic romance line, you know that that's going to be, like, the female or the male character that you start falling in love with. And it's, a, it's like, clearly a heterosexual thing. I'm very not, like, into I'm like, okay, just get this over with. Move on to the next <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. Now, so, now, do you now? Uh, here's another question. We, we'll burn a couple minutes on this because now I'm genuinely interested in that comment. Um, do you feel like maybe were the right? Because let's be honest, a lot of writing in these game romantic situations is a whole lot of stuff that you would never ever say or be involved in in real life. So, if the quality of the writing were such that you could at least be like, "Yeah, that's realistic. I could get involved in that, whether it was hetero or not," would that be something? that would change it for you? Or is it soon as the situation comes up, you're like, no matter what they say, no matter what happens, I just don't even care. So that's a great question. And for me, it really has to go is, is there a purpose for this in the story? Is there like a really solid purpose for this in this story? 
And I can talk on like uh, there's a there's a there's a trope. It's kind of a new popular trope. It's been out since about the Matrix has come out. It's called the Trinity Effect, right? If you haven't heard of it, what the Trinity Effect is, and if I'm remembering correctly, feel free to feel free to let me know that that's not how it is. Um, the the Trinity Effect is when you have a strong female character, right? Because in the Matrix, Trinity Trinity in the beginning was shown as like this badass female lady that could like. Keep, take uh, take care of herself, right? She could stand her mm-hmm. ground. Enter Neo, and suddenly she couldn't protect herself anymore. And she, like, her entire existence was then from that point on just to give just to give him motivation to move the plot on. Those kinds of stories, I don't particularly like. I, I don't like it. It's the same thing. Spoiler for those that haven't seen um, how, how to Train a Dragon Two. The mom at the at the time, the lady that you find, she's like she's been with these dragons. She knows all about them. She's clearly badass. But then the moment that the son, the husband, show up, it's like she doesn't know how to fly a dragon anymore. Right? She exists entirely there to just drive the plot along. When those situations happen, that's when I have the hardest time getting behind any sort of romance in there. If it was something more along the lines of. This sounds weird, but Wreck-It Ralph, right? Uh, right? Where it's more of a story of friendship between a male and a female, right? And it, it's just like, and it's really just shows. <laughs> and I don't want to be like, this is, you see, men and ladies can be friends. That's not the point. The point is, like, it's not the main part of the story, right? There's a bigger thing at play there. And for a lot of these games, I feel like that they don't really take those things into account. They allow you to pursue a love interest, but really I haven't seen a great one that really, really makes it super impactful throughout the rest of the game. You know what I mean? Well, all right. Well, if that, I can see where you come from for sure, because that is definitely a thing with like, say a lot of the Bioware games where you have the, the choice to pursue down that that pathway should it be something that you actually want to force your character to pursue. Um, but in a case like this one, I mean, I don't know if there's branching conversation in this game or not. And I also have no idea if there's even going to be a romantic situation in this Star Wars game. But right, let's right. say in the Star Wars game, let's say something like that is included in the game simply because that's where they want the story to go and you don't have a choice in the matter. Like, so say, like, yes, if something's ham-fisted in there for you to go involve yourself, oh, yeah, I, let's uh, let's hook up with this alien because whatever. Like, then you make the choice, of course. Like, that's going to pull me completely out of it, too. I'm kind of with you. Like, why would I do that? What purpose does that serve? Right. Um, you know, but were it included in the story as a integral part of the story, would that change versus forcing yeah. your character to do something that, you know, whatever? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It just depends on how well it's written. Right. Um, That's the main part. Yeah. And I I like the Rick and Ralph uh, comparison because, um, like, let's say that it were romantic. Uh, People who have seen Rick and Ralph, obviously Mm -hmm. it's not. It's it's definitely a friendship thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. But let's say that we're romantic. Like, that story, the way it played out, didn't alter, like, either character's purpose. It didn't alter their personalities. Like, if you were to make it romantic and it didn't fundamentally change a character, then that's entirely different. Then it's a romance by choice and not like for the purpose of the plot. Then that also brings with it an entirely different 
mm-hmm. set of analytical feelings regarding the situation. So I think I think that basically if it comes down to good quality, then it wouldn't matter to you nearly as much what it was or who it was if it were of quality. But the moment the quality dips, you're just like, I'm done here. <laughs> yeah, I'm also it's also just like it feels every time. Oh, the guy is always going to get the girl. And for once, I just wish that wasn't a thing. <laughs> so, so I'm a little that that's my personal thing. Yeah. Take this. Uh, so let's get into the next thing here. <laughs> it's a little bit of a sadder topic, and it's a little bit strange to be moving from an LGBT conversation into this one. But this is about Notre Dame or Notre Dame. Um, last week, for those that don't know or were missing the news cycles. Uh, Notre Dame had a fire and pretty much most of it fell down and most noticeably of all was the spire that fell down. Since then, um, several billionaires and millionaires have decided that they would go forth and add in, um, go forth and do their thing, uh, do their thing as in like giving money. (laughs) This is a mess. Uh, Billionaires millionaires are all donating to the restoration of Notre Dame after its fire. One particular company of note is Ubisoft, whose Unity game, or Unity, uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, took place in Notre, Notre Dame in Paris. So they announced on their own site, news.ubisoft.com, how they were supporting supporting Notre Dame, and they were also releasing. They gave like five hundred thousand euros, and they also were allowing people to download Assassin's Creed Unity for free, at least for a week. I'm not sure if it's still going on. Yeah, I think that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really know what else to say about that. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's super sad that it happened, and I think it's cool that people are are jumping on board. And if you haven't played the game, uh, while I, as an Assassin's Creed fan, I can't wholeheartedly recommend the game, but it is an excellent, um, an excellent, uh, example of what you can do with in-game architecture. It's, it's a fairly amazing tour of, uh, liberation era Paris and the rest of France. So, I mean, if it's still free, go check it out. If it's not, I'm sure you can get it on for what, like seven bucks off the (laughs) steam store or something. It's like, seven years old yeah one of our one of our members also mentioned that because they sent like full-on teams because that's one of the things that ubisoft is sort of known for is to send out their teams to go to like locations and explore and get to understand it and for for the, they did the same thing for unity so in uh, assassin's creed unity and so uh, one of our members was mentioning like all that information they took about oh, notre notre dame like that's usable and can help with the uh, restoration of the tr- of the cathedral yeah super super accurate uh, digital photography um to the degree that when they put out the first division the uh, fbi and the nsa were concerned that they were giving like maps to people who bought the game for how to like plant bombs and do terrible things in New York because the map was so legitimately accurate. So yeah. So if you want to see Notre Dame, like it's a good way to do it. Yeah. That's specifically why they did. They cite <laughs> as like, if you want to see it, come here. <laughs> so that's super cool. Congrats to them. Um, super awesome that they were doing that. Our final article here of the day, it is GameStop 
It's about GameStop. This is from GameIndustry.biz. Subtle is GameStop offers full refunds on select new releases returned within 48 hours. Uh, one thing to note, because, because some people might misunderstand this and go, oh, yeah, I can go and turn this game back at the $60. That's not how it's going to work. You're going to get in-store credit. <laughs> That's it. In-store credit. You return your game within 48 hours. You get in-store credit to put towards, of course, another game. Well, I hope uh, I hope this little business venture works for them. Uh, full disclosure, as someone who once owned stock in GameStop, I hope it does well because there was rumors of a buyout for for a while in the last year. So I'm I'm hoping that maybe it can uh, cause some growth. Uh, and my advice, if you're young and have a lot of time, or old and have a lot of time. Whatever. This is a great way for you to speed play any game you wanted to play, get your store credit, and then buy another one, and then speed play it in two days and buy another one, and you know. Have fun. I mean, <laughs> some people are pointing out, it's like, well, what about the developers? The developers have already made their money, right? At this point, it's more like an impact towards GameStop, and to me, this seems like. This is a company, they're like in their death throes and they are trying to do whatever they can to keep their doors open, but there's not a whole lot. Like this, I don't think it's the best solution, but what is? There are more and more and more games being moved over to digital. There are more and more studios that are moving over to digital. Physical is kind of going the way of the dodo, right? It's not like, I don't see it all going out, but it definitely, I mean... More people are preferring to do downloads than they are to have the clutter of having a, a, a disc, right? Yeah. Um, and that's sad to say, because, like, GameStop used to be the thing you went, the place you went to. Like, yeah. most of my teenhood was, <laughs> hey, let's go check out GameStop. The, like, most of the, I had friends that would do, like, the, the overnight party stuff for the midnight mm. Pieces, you know, yeah. like it's sad to see it go, but at the same time, it's like, well, what is a better solution for them? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself a little bit. And growing up, we used to go to Toys R Us and KB Toys, and on occasion Walmart to get games upon release. Uh, so for for someone like me, GameStop was a really cool deal because you could buy and trade um, and sell, etc. Pretty much the physical media disappearing only really affects people like me because I am one of those that does take the trade-in value of something and then knock 10 bucks off the next game I want to play and then knock 25 bucks off the next game I want to play when I turn in three or four and then I'm buying games for 10 bucks and 15 bucks or for free if you get enough trade-in value. So I don't like buying digital only because I can't turn in a physical copy or get my refund if I hate it. You know, there's there's so many hoops you have to jump through. Um, and that's neither here nor there. But if you, uh, you know, support the digital only thing, then sure, the demise of GameStop is good for you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to see like that. got dark movie. real fast. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean... <laughs> We just we well we talked about a church being set on fires and then on to like a company dying. So, <laughs> I mean, one other person was pointing out that they own uh, what was the what is the me what what is the magazine? Game Informer. Yes, Game, Game Informer. Still showing you if you're going to sign up for their membership. 
Yeah, it's one of, it's like the second or third most read gaming magazine out there. Um, yeah. Specifically because they should. <laughs> well, well, yeah, to a degree, but I, I will say they actually are a good publication. It's a package deal. It is offered as a package deal. A two oh, for one. Wonderful of. disclosure. I like still have those sent essentially to my parents' house where they promptly throw them away because I don't want the clutter mail when they come in the mail. <laughs> oh, I've been a member for a long time though. And it's a great deal. You should totally join if you like buying games. But again, I can't I can't help you if you're digital only. <laughs> oh, and this I don't see the article in here, but I also know that if you um Shoot, where was I going with it? Uh, I also know that a couple of, I'm not sure if it was publishers or companies, but a lot of them were mentioning how they weren't going to be selling the codes. So you know how they started moving away and now you have digital where you could buy the codes in store. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so a lot of people are no longer allowing places like Walmart, game. I want to say GameStop, but I don't think so. Walmart, Best Buy, stuff like that, not allowing them to sell those codes anymore. That's weird. Uh, I, I would think that I would like to get money for my game, no matter how it came. Like, if someone's still going to the store and willingly paying for the game, even could, if it's the download code, like, that's strange. Okay, it could be. Like, I'm I'm pulling that. I thought I saw the article on here earlier. Oh, I have no doubt that you may have. I don't know. Um, that seems weird. Uh, but, I mean, companies have done stranger things. So, I mean, Coca-Cola changed their, their product. <laughs> that one time and almost went bankrupt. So, I mean, companies have done stranger things. Blockbuster didn't buy out Netflix. So it's, it's one of those things, you know. <laughs> Weird. Oh, uh, so here, side note, completely like off topic. I want to say this is true, but I got to go check the wiki. So you can tell me I'm wrong all you check want. Uh, maybe that's <laughs> we just start giving bad facts and sending people to go like explore, see if we're wrong. Uh, like one of the things, Amazon was actually a spun out from a project that Sears was looking into. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> so, that yeah. And then, and like they were like, no, nah, no, nah, we don't. Like Sears was just like, no, nah, no, nah, we don't need that. We don't need that. And so they're. It's dumb. <laughs> Oh, that internet thing. It's going to be like pogs. You know, it's going to go away. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, man. Pulling out the real old stuff. I know, I'm a 90s kid. But, in <laughs> but for, for GameStop, um, I think that they'll, they'll still be able to stay afloat to a degree. They've just got to figure out what to do about games because they're the number one console sales place at the holidays. So when a new console releases, everyone either orders it from Amazon or they go to GameStop. In terms of gaming merchandise, like puzzles, memorabilia, shirts, posters. I mean, I've bought several puzzles to put together of, like, the different stuff from there. And I see people in there all the time buying the, the pop characters, mm -hmm. the T-shirts, all the memorabilia stuff. Mm -hmm. GameStop's, like, number one for sales and that, too. So I think they just need to change their model and get ahead of this whole physical, physical games going away. And uh, I think that they'll figure out a way to figure it out. Well, I hope. Hey, would hate to see them go because again, they're such a big part. Like, I, I, I'm a, I'm a military brat. So the first time I actually saw GameStop was in Wisconsin. That was like when we we moved back, and I had this huge culture shock for moving from this tiny island to this royal royal place in Wisconsin. 
And that was the first thing out in the, like he saw his shining light out in the distance, GameStop. <laughs> like, nice. And I started getting some games. So I want to say it's either that or it was when I got back from, from when I was living in Spain. Either way, I saw GameStop at some point in time. Um, and it was after I'd lived overseas at, at some point. So, well, that's about it. Nothing really else has, has broken. Everything seems to mostly be about, and this is why we didn't want to spend too long on it, even though I know we did. But a lot of the news cycles are just covering um, mostly crunch time, um, pointing out companies that have done it wrong. And there's also been a lot about um, copyright. And soon I'm hoping to have hope to have a copyright lawyer come in and talk a little bit more and tell, and tell us how the entire thing works. Not like, Fun. but just enough. <laughs> I'm know? excited. Yeah, so I'm going to try and get them on here soon. Keep an eye out on all of our social channels to know when our next episode and if we do get them on. And I'm super excited for that. We're also looking to see if we can get anybody on from the game Unite, which is uh, in that Polygon article that I was talking about. They were mentioning that as well. Game Unite seems to be taking picking up a lot of steam. So we definitely want to have somebody on here to talk about that and give their two cents on how, on why it, they believe it's a great solution to this crunch issue. Um, so stay tuned for now. Special thanks goes out to everybody, <laughs> <laughs> everybody that listens and tunes in to our podcast almost every week except when we have slowed news cycles or we're super busy because life happens. Yep. Um, thank you to Trey for being awesome and always making sure that our podcast sounds great and editing out my curse word earlier. I do what I can. <laughs> thank you to Nerdvana. Of course, thank you to Nerdvana for always letting us host out of there as well as Whole Foods who don't know we host out of there, but we do host out of there. So thank you very much. And we are still looking into some new spaces to host two new clubs, and you'll hear more about those. We're hoping to get them out. And I know I've said this for like a while, but it's so hard to find a venue that will allow us to go there that doesn't make it feel like everybody needs, because we don't have money, so we can't like rent out spaces. Right. So we're always looking for some free place to kind of hang out, do our stuff, but also doesn't make it feel like a pressure for us to spend money like on coffee and stuff like that. That's why Whole Foods is so nice. Because some of us will go there and we'll get a lot of, we'll get some of the food, we'll do some grocery shopping before we leave. But places that Nirvana, there's sometimes a little bit of an extra pressure to make sure that we're, we're like not just taking up space and t taking away chances for them to like, you know, make money. <laughs> so that's why we're always thankful to people that allow us to come in. And if you're interested to host one of our clubs, Please let us know. You can hit us up on anything. Follow us. DM us. Let us know you're you're looking to have us. And we'll be happy to come chat. Yep. Are and, we in? Huh? and DLC to go is still totally a thing. If there's events coming up or if you're anybody who listens to this who would like to be interviewed, if you're making a game, work for games, uh, have news of your own, and you would like to be interviewed or appear, please get in touch with us. And we can even interview on site. So, We'll just have to schedule stuff out, but we would love to hear from you and have as many guests as we could squeeze in to talk about whatever they'd like to talk about. Yeah, for sure. 
For sure. We have, I know we have one other person that's running around the web right now looking for some people. She's doing an amazing job mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll see some fruits from her labor very soon. So thank you to Chroma, to Courtney, Chroma Courtney. Depends on what name you decide to call her. <laughs> so thank you to her. And uh, if you would like to come to any of our physical locations and join in and on the fun, you can definitely come to either either Whole Foods off of Renner Road in Plano, Texas, or Nerd Bonham. That's in Frisco, Texas. Both clubs start at 8 a.m. Alrighty, guys. Bye. You have a great one, and we will talk to you next time.